next week we're starting our uh, our annual what we call a one series that at Sojourn we have three pillars: gospel, church, mission. And so every year uh, in September-ish we come back to uh, really anchoring ourselves into the one gospel, the one church, the one mission. That 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 re uh, re reminding of us why we're here, who we are, what it is that we want to see um, God do in the Heights and in the uh, in the greater Houston area. All right, but today is a uh, is a unique Sunday. Uh, today is our baby dedication Sunday, and I stick and love it. It's one of my favorite Sundays out of uh, the year. And so let's get let's get started. Um, often when we think about the church, we we think um, we we kind of default to thinking adults only. Right, so we, we use language here at Sojourn, language that is uh, incredibly meaningful to us. We we say we're a we're a gathering, uh, not not a not a not a building. Right, we're a people, not a place. Uh, and and this is meaningful language for who we are. It's not what we believe Sojourn is. It's what we believe the church is. The church is a people. This is a a beautiful. That's not true. It's a building. Um, it's an older building. <laughs> Uh, and we're grateful for this building, but it's a building, right? It's got all kinds of problems. Uh, but we, the church, are a people, not a building, right? We, we're a gathering of people. But often what we, what we think, kind of a default mode, is to think that it's the adults that are the people who gather and the children come to the building. And if that's true, if that's true, let me ask a question. Why, why then would we do baby dedication? Like, why would we do it? Uh, is there any real significance, any meaning to what we're doing, uh, or, or why why just children inside the church, right? Why why not my neighbor's kids, or my neighbor's neighbor's kids, or my neighbor's 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 kid? Why why not them? Uh, why why would we do it uh, just for children inside the church? But let me ask another question: What what if that's not true? Like what what if the scriptures don't think of and don't speak of and don't talk about our children as if they are completely and categorically different from the church. What if that's not true? 1 Corinthians 7. Let's jump in. We've got babies all over this room, so I'm going to go fast. 1 Corinthians 7, to the rest, verse 12, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord. Now, let, let, me, let me pause here and, and frame the context of 1 Corinthians 7 and what's happening. 1 Corinthians 7, you have Paul, the author of this letter, answering a series of questions. And here, at this point, he, he's answering this question. If I'm married and I've become a believer, what does God think of my marriage? And should I divorce? So I'm a believer I'm married, I've become a believer, Not, what, what then does God now think of my marriage and uh, should we divorce? And Paul gives a two-part answer. Part A is the spouse. Let's keep reading. To the rest I say, I not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. And so here's Paul's answer to the question. Is my marriage acceptable to God? Yes. Should I divorce? No. Why? The unbelieving spouse is being made holy. 
And this is important. Now you have to understand this and you have to see this. To, to feel the weight of what we're doing today when it comes to baby dedication and his answer part B. To feel the weight of it, you've got to understand what, what he's actually saying here in answer part A. So when he says made holy, it, it, it's a verb. right? It, he uses a verb that, that's saying there, there's this action that's happening to the unbelieving spouse. There's this activity that's happening to this person that they are being made holy. And it's literally, the word. it's, it's through association. Right? So what, what's Paul saying here? He's saying that the unbelieving spouse through association with the believing spouse, has this stream of influence, this constant stream of influence on their life. And so there's this activity happening to the unbelieving spouse. Now what he's not saying is that the unbelieving spouse is holy. That it, There's this category of people that is holy and the unbelieving spouse fits that category. That's not what Paul says here. And you've got to see that for us to get to our answer part B, the activity is happening to a non-believing spouse. And his answer when it comes to part B, the children, is the heart of why we do baby dedication. So verse 14, let's read it again. For the unbelieving spouse is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, and here's part B. These next words, as a father of three, are unbelievably meaningful to me. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. And so Paul's answer to the question, is my marriage acceptable to God? Yes. Should I divorce? No. Why? Your children are holy, are clean and holy. And here's the distinction. With a spouse, it was a verb. With the children, it was an adjective. That with the spouse was an activity happening to the spouse. With the children, it was a category of people. And a category of people, clean and holy. So what does that mean? In the Old Testament, to be unclean, it, it meant that you could not come into the temple. right? Because inside the temple was what? The dwelling place of God. It was where the presence of God was. And so nothing unclean could come into the presence of God. And what Paul is saying here, in this little verse right here, what Paul is saying is that our children are included in the temple. They're included in the place where God dwells. That they're included in the place where the presence of God is made visible and manifest and seen. They're welcome into the temple. And so here's why we do baby dedication. Because he said they are Holy. And the word holy, you know what it means? It literally means dedicated or consecrated to God. So when God says your children are holy, He is literally saying they are dedicated. Now who gets to declare something holy? Do you get to do it? Do I get to do it? No. Only God gets to do it. Right? Only that which is holy can declare something holy. So when God says they're holy, when He says they're dedicated, it's that they've been dedicated by God for God. There is a categorical difference for our children. There is a grace upon grace upon grace that our children receive. And so why do we do baby dedication? Because God in His mercy has ordained that, that our children inside the church would grow up inside the temple, inside the place where God dwells. And that makes this no hollow tradition. 
That, that makes this no hollow tradition. That makes this a visible representation of 1 Corinthians 7, 14 and what God has already said and is saying about our children. That they would have the mercy and grace of His to grow up inside the church, inside the presence of God. And so I want to invite the families, uh, the families who are dedicating their children to go ahead and come on up here now and find your way up to the stage awkwardly and comfortably. And while they're coming up, I want to, I want to tell you what's about to happen. Let me, let me walk you through um, this next process. So what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to hand this mic to them, uh, and they're going to, they're going to introduce themselves as the parents. They're going to introduce their child, uh, maybe give some names and a birthday. All right, maybe a story or two. We don't know yet. We'll find out in a minute. Uh, and then I'm going to ask the parents a series of questions. Uh, I'm going to ask them three questions, uh, and then they're going to uh, answer. Plenty of room up here. We got this covered. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to. I am very uncomfortable with this right here. Uh, I, I'm going to ask a series of questions, and then they're going to answer the questions uh, we do, and we ask God to help us. And then after I ask that series of questions, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to ask you a question. Um, and you're going to answer that question. We do and we ask God to help us. And after that, Dodds, one of our pastors, is going to pray over them. Uh, and then we're going to celebrate them. We're going to celebrate their entrance into this community. Uh, love it. Just let it rip. Do it. All right. So let's start with introduce yourselves and your child, names, birthday, uh, favorite food. Nick and Jenna David, and our daughter is Rose. She was born about six months ago, and uh, she currently has no favorite foods. In fact, she spits them all out, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're working on that. Uh, we're the Bakers, uh, Austin and Lauren, and this is Brooklyn, Nora Baker, and we affectionately refer to this bump as Dose, uh, but we're only dedicating Brooklyn this morning. We are Dustin and Ashley McMillan. This is Grayson. He's almost two years old, and he likes mac and cheese and milkshakes. So. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't, really? I mean, come on. I'm Meredith Condon. This is my husband, Chris, and this is our son, Kyle. Um, he was born February 25th of 2014. He's 18 months old, and he doesn't like to sit still ever, ever. My name is Nate, and this is my wife, Sarah, and our son, Micah, who is four months, and he has, he is a big fan of milk right now, so, yeah. just that. All right, parents, question one, do you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? That's pretty good. A little more authority next time would be all right. Do you aspire to steward God's covenant promises on their behalf, depending expectantly on the grace, on grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation? Do you now unreservedly dedicate your child to God and promise in humble reliance upon divine grace that you will endeavor to set before them a godly example that... <laughs> That you will. That you will. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, I can't. I don't know where I was. I'm gonna start over then. That you will pray with them and for them, 
that you will teach them the doctrines of our holy religion and that you will strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Excellent. Now for you guys. Do you as a congregation undertake the responsibility of assisting the parents in the Christian nurture of their child? Okay, for the next eight minutes, we're going to pray <laughs> over all these. Okay. This is going to be short and sweet. <laughs> Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, thank you for all of these families. Thank you for the grace that it is to know them, to be here today. And we pray that you would give them strength, wisdom, patience, and an ever-growing and deepening love for you, Father, for your Son, and for the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for this congregation for Sojourn Heights that we would shepherd, love, care for, join, rejoice, mourn with these parents and their children. Lord, and that you would let the weight of responsibility fall, uh, Lord, heavily on us to raise them in the knowledge of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And finally, Father, we pray for these individual children that as they grow, they would come to know you, to love you, to worship you as Savior, as King, as Father, and Friend. Lord, we love you. We love them. Help us. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. They're not off stage yet. So in the, in the questions we just asked the, the parents, you, you heard a, a theme running through multiple of them. It was this, uh, do you acknowledge their need for redemption, their need for this cleansing blood of Jesus and renewing of the, uh, of the Spirit? And this, this dedication, it's, it's this beautiful thing, and it's anything but hollow, but it, it is a sign and a, and a shadow of something. It's pointing toward something, and it's, it's a shadow with a substance somewhere else. And so um, the, the question is that we want to ask and look at, uh, is, is what? What is it pointing to? What, what is the substance of what we're doing? And the answer is John 17. John 17 says this. The words will be on the screen. This is Jesus praying uh, before he's arrested. And he says, And for their sake I consecrated myself, that they also, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. The, the word consecrate and the word sanctify it's the same word, and it's the same word, make holy, out of 1 Corinthians 7. That the substance of what we're doing isn't, uh, isn't simply uh, this today, that the substance is what Jesus did in our place. And I want to read to you a quote from Leon Morris, brilliant theologian, wrote one of the best commentaries in John that you'll ever read. And I wanted to read from him and not just tell you what it says, because I didn't want you to think I was making this up, all right? And just fitting something in a baby dedication, uh, so here's what he said about John 17 and what Jesus just said about himself. Jesus sets himself apart for the doing of the Father's will. And in this context, this must mean death. Listen, he dedicates himself to Calvary with all that Calvary means. And so what does Calvary mean? It, it means 
that Jesus dedicated Himself to death and the cross, that we, that we might be dedicated to life. That the Father, that the Father handed His Son over to death, that we might be able to hand our children over to life. That in the cross, Jesus became unclean so that we could become clean. That, that in the moment of the cross, when Jesus was hanging there, and if you could let your imaginations run wild, when Jesus was on the cross, in every sense of the word, He was separated from the Father and the Spirit. That as our sin was pouring out on Christ in the cross, He was in the truest sense of the word, separated. And He was separated so that we might have access. That He separated Himself from the Trinity. That we might be invited into the life of the Trinity. Which is why He prays in John in the next two verses, I do not ask for these only. In John 17, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in Me through their Word, that they may be in us, just as You, Father, are in Me, and I in You, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe when You have sent Me. See, when we're in Christ, when you're united to Christ, when you, when you, when you go from I don't believe in Jesus to I do believe in Jesus, when you go from a lack of faith to faith in Christ, here's what happens. You get invited into the in us. That you get invited into the life of the Father, Son, and Spirit. You get invited into this eternal, the, the truest temple, the, the place where God's presence has eternally existed within the Godhead. Which means that as a church, and this is the great gift to our children, this is, this is the joy and the beauty and the blessing of baby dedication. This is the gift to our children that they would be, that they would be raised up inside this church. And here's what the church is meant to be. We are meant to be a living mirror of life inside the Trinity for our children. That we are meant to be this dwelling place of God, this living mirror of the truest dwelling place of God, Father, Son, Spirit, for our children, that our, our children might grow up our little ones sitting in the aisle right there wanting to watch baby dedication, our babies who are just up here, that they might grow up with a week in and week out foreshadow of the life that is to come if they would just grab hold of Jesus and believe. This is why. This is why we, we don't want any of our neighborhood parishes to view our children as the, the, the burden or the... Uh, the challenge to be figured out. The, the inconvenience to our conversation. We, we want to see them as part of our neighborhood parish family that we might be as our little communities around our neighborhood. That we might be living mirrors in these neighborhood parishes for our children of life that is to come if they would grab hold of Christ and believe. as we pray and plead that the grace of God might land on them, that in our neighborhood parishes, that we might, I might, take the baggage of life. And listen, if you're in this room, you walked in here with baggage. You did, I did, we all did. What if in our neighborhood parishes we took that baggage and we just brought it to the light? And I don't just mean transparency, I mean vulnerability. What if we walked into our neighborhood parishes and we said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not just not okay, 
Here's how I'm not okay. And I need you to speak into my life so that, so that that baggage that we bring in might be put to death in a context of community so that that baggage might not get passed on to our children, that it might be brought to death, that in Christ they might be brought to life. What, what if that's how we saw our neighborhood parishes? What if, what if that's why we went beyond transparency to vulnerability for the good of us and the good of our children? That takes mercy, that takes grace, that takes a profound work of the Spirit, and all we can do is beg Him to do it. Let's pray.